0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick, on 97.5 1280
1: The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
2: Sam, what's happening?
1: How are you? Hey, guys, good afternoon. Welcome back. Congrats on uh being able to share a little face again.
2: Oh, hey, appreciate that, Sam. Thank you uh thank you very much. Uh coming back uh it's nice cuz I get back in time for the last week of the season and Gordon and I were just discussing uh, maybe folks out there hate it or love it, but the the play-in scenario is adding much more interest to this week than usually happens.
1: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I know, you know, there's some players that feel like they're working overtime and uh and have complained, as you guys know, it, it's really kind of the crowd that is most impacted. You know, if you have Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban in Dallas or LeBron with the Lakers, but um, I'm dying to see how these games go. I think it's working. You know, even in my neck of the woods, you know, teams like Sacramento and Washington that, that otherwise would have already been thinking about next season are, are trying to still fight for something. And that was obviously the whole point was to avoid – that embarrassing, you know, late season stretch where you know, a lot of fans who just got tired of watching teams that, that had no interest in winning because of the way the, the system was set up.
0: So Sam, the, the Jazz are trying to hang on to that top spot in the West. They've lost two in a row now. Some alarms are going off, but they're doing it without Donovan Mitchell, without Mike Conley. So We're trying to read into this what it really means, Uh, and and I I really don't think it means that much, but obviously the Jazz would like to take that top spot. So (laughs) we're we're just waiting to see what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't love it for them. You know what I mean? And a a lot of it's outside of their control. I mean, it's been a long time now without Donovan and Conley. And, That's a problem from a rhythm standpoint, even though it seems they're going to be available. Um, You know, I I don't like it if I'm them because you kind of lost, you know, that intimidation factor that I do think was there earlier where they were doing laps around the bust of the league. And and now I think they seem a little more gettable. Um, But there's a lot of that going around. I mean, it's going to be a pretty interesting postseason from that standpoint when you talk about. Uh, Brooklyn to to highlight one team, you know, I, so I have this interview coming out tomorrow where I talked to Draymond on green about a bunch of things, but I asked him if you weren't picking the Warriors, cause we all know he probably would, you know, who, who would you pick to win the whole thing? And he mentioned Brooklyn and he talked about how, like, even though they haven't played together, you know, maybe they'll be able to make it work. And and the jazz have a little bit of that. They have so much more experience together as a group, you know, it's going to be hard, I think, for them to go from 0 to 60 like they're
2: going to need to. Sam Amick is with us here on uh, 97.5 and, 97.5. and uh, 1280 The Zone. Uh, Sam, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of the, the jazz and who they might draw in the first round. Uh, the Lakers or the Warriors, given the Lakers' uncertainty from an injury standpoint, is there a team out of those two they should be hoping for?
1: Um, man, I mean, it's, you know, you got to pick the Warriors out of that group, even though it's going to be dangerous. Um, you just can't, I don't think you can disrespect the the chance like that, but it's not great on either side. Um, the Warriors are feeling good. Oh, sorry guys. That, that would be the dog hitting the, uh, in-house doorbell here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the Warriors are dangerous, but the... The Warriors look dangerous. The the Lakers, they're going to have LeBron. They're going to have AD, and and you just don't want to face that. I mean, I feel bad for Utah. I feel bad for Phoenix in terms of just, you know, what they might face. The first round is supposed to be where you get the payoff for all the good work you did during the year, and it certainly is not going to turn out that way this year.
0: Mm. We saw the Warriors the other night playing the Jazz. I don't know if you checked out any of that game, Sam, but it was pretty interesting to see because we were thinking, "Ah, uh, yeah, it's Steph and and uh, Draymond and a bunch of other guys." But those other guys can play. At least they can on occasion, and they've won four straight.
1: Yeah, I think they've won thirteen out of eighteen. Um, they had the fifth best defense in the league. Um, again, you can, you know, you guys know me well enough. Whenever I do an interview with a guy, my head is kind of stuck in that space. So, like, with Draymond in particular, I would say, you know, I think at times this season, Draymond felt and sounded like a guy that that was kind of shrugging at this year. Like, all right, wake me up when Clay Thompson gets back and we can get back to trying to be elite. But I, we talked about this, like, what Steph Curry has done for them has been contagious. And I think now has a guy like Draymond fully engaged. And then they have you know, the Juan Toscano-Andersons and the Jordan Pools and Ken Bazemore's and, you know, guys like that that are playing good ball. And they have more shooting than people realize. And Steph has mastered the art of of either, you know, taking on triple teams and somehow still doing it individually or – apologies, guys. We're having all kinds of issues today. Or, you know, maximizing all that defensive pressure – in, in the kind of way that helps his teammates. Uh, I mean, it's you know, I would not want to play them right now. Again, I'd pick the Lakers among those two, but, but they're not a typical eight seed by any stretch or, you know, whatever they wind up being.
0: I got to butt in with one more question about the Warriors. What's this we heard about Clay Thompson kayaking across the bay to get to practice? Is that,
1: is that story
0: <laughs> true, and is that a
1: good idea? I didn't hear that one. Um Nonetheless, and this is, you know, against my journalistic sensibilities, I'm just going to say it's true because because it's Clay. I'm going to believe it. I mean, I, I I somehow didn't hear that, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, he's put up social media videos recently um, on his boat, you know, flying underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, he he is definitely somebody who loves the bay. He had a hilarious uh, press conference over Zoom about a month ago where in the middle of his discussion, he, he shouted out a local reporter who likes to swim a lot, Jamie McCauley from the Associated Press, who does a wonderful job. And, and he said, "Jamie, I went swimming in the Bay the other day, and I thought about you like, man, it was amazing. You told me a while back that I should do it. You know, and, and so Clay is out here just, you know, being a, being a you know, you know a, a man of nature and a guy who obviously is is one of a kind, so that would not surprise me at all.
0: Austin says there are sharks in the bay.
1: Oh, there are. <laughs> there are. I grew up down there. There are. I mean, especially if you get too far out, the Fairmont Islands are a ways out, and that's you know Great White Central. Um, yeah, you got to be careful for sure. But people do it. I mean, there's a an annual Alcatraz swim where people go about a mile from San Francisco. Out to the uh, the famed Alcatraz Island, so you know people just kind of roll the dice, I guess.
2: Sam, how much uh, consideration uh, should Quinn Snyder get for Coach of the Year?
1: Um, I mean he's on the short list for sure. You know, I, I think I don't think he's going to win it um, because it's probably not fair. I think that people typically are going to look at the context of one season this season and, and see the award that way. And, and, you know, we've talked on the show before about my opinion and how like, you know, the value that I assign to what he's done this season, it goes farther back. It goes to last March and, and the dynamic within his locker room. And the fact that, you know, his ship was taking on water to stick with our, our ocean references here. Um, and, and he made it work, you know what I mean, from a relationship standpoint, as a leader, as somebody who is selfless in a lot of ways. Even a small thing, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, I'm in my office and um, I have the jazz material that comes from their PR department where they advocate for all the guys for the different awards. And yet again, I was not surprised to see that I was given no you know, propaganda, so to speak, about Quinn Snyder. It was all focused on the players and I guarantee you that that was Quinn's decision. There's nothing in here that says here's why Quinn Snyder is coach of the year. And the irony, of course, is that that quality is part of the package that he brings and part of the reason that, that you know, he is as good as he is. So um, I think Bonnie Williams very possibly, very likely wins it. Um, Tom Thibodeau is going to give a ton of support, and, you know, and, and I think Michael Malone. Is in that conversation as well. I haven't settled on my top three just yet, um, but I, I do anticipate Quinn being in that top three.
0: So, Sam, if I list off the, the top uh, you know, teams in the West, the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Blazers, the Mavs, the Lakers, and then the Warriors, how many of those teams have a realistic chance to win the West
1: in, in the playoffs? Um, Jazz Suns, Clippers, I mean, I'm going to take the Warriors out. They just, you know, I mean, they they could make noise. I I don't see them as a title contender. The Suns, I feel like it's unlikely. We just don't see that kind of a story happen, you know, from one year to the next. It it, it does happen. You know, the Celtics had, I think they tied the league record for turnaround when they got, you know, when they put Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen together. But that's a very different story. You know, the Suns, added Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, and that's, you know, a different type of deal. Um, The Clippers, I think, are, you know, we're sleeping on them, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them win the whole thing. I don't necessarily believe in their kind of... their fabric, if you will, but who knows? Um, The Nuggets would surprise me as impressed as I have been with them. I think in the playoffs, they will feel the loss of Jamal Murray more than ever, so, you know... Feels mildly disrespectful, but I'll probably take them out of the conversation. And uh, I don't know if I'm another good candidate. That's kind of how I see it. Sam, what do you think about
2: uh, the fallout when it comes to the Celtics having a disappointing season? And I know uh, Jalen Brown missing the remainder of the year doesn't help. But is there going to be fallout from that? Or are they just going to run everybody back? You hearing anything about that?
1: I'm not. I mean, people ask that all the time. You know, Celtics fans are pretty frustrated. It doesn't seem, you know, I just don't see it. Brad Stevens could have gone to Indiana at this point. Um, They love him, you know, quite a bit. And it doesn't mean that there won't be, you know, hard conversations with him about what needs to happen and, you know, the part that he played in this whole thing. But they, you know, they they have tried and, and are pretty committed, I think, to taking the San Antonio approach with Brad, where it's like, no, this guy, we plan on, you know, like Greg Popovich with the Spurs, we plan on this guy being our coach for, you know, 20 years, and that's yeah, you know, that's an interesting conversation because if Pop didn't win those titles, would he have been afforded that security? And Brad obviously hasn't done that yet, but they uh, they have a long view that is tied to Jalen and Tatum being uh, free agents in 2024 and 2025 and that they just they they want to make sure that you know in 2022, 3 and 4 that they are going in the right direction. So I think there's going to be more pressure next year on Brad, but but I don't see a coaching change or any major change getting a ripple effect of this year.
0: Jake asked you about the coach of the year. What about defensive player of the year and sixth man of the year? Uh is Rudy a slam dunk in that regard? It seems like he should be.
1: Um, I think probably um, I you know I, I don't that's a it's a tough one. You know, I think Ben Simmons is in the discussion. I've had We had a really good chat on my podcast the other day with my colleague Marcus Thompson about Ben Simmons versus Gobert. and really it was kind of more conceptually about bigs versus wings in, in the way we look at defense. And you know I had come to Rudy's defense on there and trying to pound the point. That you know the, the notion that Rudy doesn't slow down, you know the the greatest weapon that every team has these days, which is the three point shot, is obviously a misnomer. He has an incredible effect on on the opponent's ability to be effective from long range because of what he does in the paint, because of the way he empowers everybody on the wing to to you know to defend and, and get up and be aggressive, because they have zero concern about what's behind them. So, you know, I think he should be the guy. um, From there, it gets real subjective. I think Clint Capella is in the conversation. Um, I'm a little bit of a prisoner of the moment, but, again, I keep going back to Draymond. Like, man, I keep looking at, you know, like, the Warriors got the fifth-best defense? Like, how did that happen? They got a bunch of dudes we never heard of. And and Draymond was just masterful this year on that end of the floor. Um, But as far as who wins it, you know, I, I do think it'll be Rudy and it should be Rudy.
2: Sam, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We appreciate it.
1: No worries, guys. I apologize for uh, I didn't mean to duck six man there. That was unintentional. But uh, <laughs> I have not made up my mind. Your Jazz are making it tough. I think Clarkson, you know, maybe be the guy, but Mr. Angels is giving his teammate a run for the money. So it's going to be a, a Jazz player either way.
0: And, Sam, if you're ever, if you're ever tempted to swim to Alcatraz, uh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do
1: it. I used to dive. I was a scuba diver, Gordon. I've been in that bay plenty, so you just got to, you know, watch your back. Okay.
2: <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sam. All right, guys. See you. Sam Amick, our friend from the Athletic Senior NBA writer.
0: You ever done the scuba diving
2: thing? No. Me neither. Austin?
0: No. No. Have we met? I'd Sharks are SOBs? I'd,
2: I'd do it, though. Sure. Why not? I, I've done the snorkeling thing.
0: That's fine. Yeah, I've done the snorkeling numerous times, but never put the tank on. And the mask.
2: Scuba dive to see a bunch of giant clams off the coast of Fiji. That was pretty rad. Hmm. Scuba or, or no, snorkeling? No, no, snorkeling.
0: I have a friend who was scuba diving and uh, came face to face with a, I think he, he said it was like a 15-foot hammerhead. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Oh, he's an attorney. He would never lie. Lawyer joke there. <laughs> Better be careful. That's
2: that's what we're doing now? Lawyer <laughs> jokes? All right, we'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.